This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. This is the same Nebuchadnezzar in verse 46 who fell on his face? Is this the same Nebuchadnezzar who honored Daniel? is the one who led him to God, so much so that he worshiped Daniel? I mean, what's going on now? Why is he now turning his back on everything that Daniel had taught him and making this image? This is the same person who said that God is a God of gods. He was proclaiming that Daniel's God was the only true God over false gods. And so why is it now that he's making this huge false god, this huge image to be worshipped? I mean, it's the same person? Because, and why is he offending God by building this huge idol to take the place of God? Why did he do this? Why did Nebuchadnezzar build this image to be worshipped? What happened to him? As Pastor Jim used to say, what in the world? That's what's going on here. What happened to him? Well, between chapter 2, the end of chapter 2, and the beginning of chapter 3, something happened to Nebuchadnezzar. Something very dramatic, something very terrible happened to him. What was it? And the answer to what happened to him is found in what the Lord Jesus said. In other words, when he spoke in Matthew chapter 13, verse 3. In Matthew 13, 3, the Lord Jesus was really revealing to us many things. But one of the things, there's an explanation in there of what happened to King Nebuchadnezzar in Matthew 13, 3, as it says, he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. And some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprung up because they had no depth and deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, 
and the thorns sprung up and choked them, but other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. So the Lord Jesus there, in what he said in that fundamental parable, that parable that was the most important parable that he ever spoke, he, there, was a, there was an explanation in there, an explanation for what happened to King Nebuchadnezzar because the sower went out to sow. And as the sower sowed, the sower had great confidence in the seed. He said, I know this seed has the power to grow. So he scatters it everywhere. And the sower didn't know, he didn't know for 100% if what he was scattering was gonna turn into fruit, was gonna grow or not. But there's one thing he did know, if he didn't scatter, it wasn't gonna grow. So he goes out, he's 100% sure that given the right conditions, his seed is, is gonna produce fruit. And so he throws it everywhere, and some of the seed falls on hard ground, on hard packed ground, a road. And he watches that seed, and that seed was quickly by the birds that were probably following the sower, and they swooped down. And when the sower saw that, it was almost as if the sower could hear the seed cry out, hey, ground, receive me. I'm vulnerable. I need you to cover me, protect me from the birds. It was almost as if the sower could hear the seed cry out, hey, birds, leave me alone. I'm, you're robbing me of my life. I'm too young to die. I haven't had a chance to produce fruit and show the world my potential. Don't eat me. And that was very sad for the sower. So to see, to see that, and in some of the sower's seed, it fell onto rocky ground, where it germinated quickly and produced very impressive plants, very rapidly. But what that sower could not see is that under the surface of that ground was rocky ground, and there was no sustaining root to keep the plants healthy during harsh times. And those harsh times came, and there were the hot winds that blew, and those seed in the rocky ground, they had no way to get them water and nutrients from the soil. And then what would happen, it was almost as if the sower of the seed could hear the, the seed crying out, hey, it's hot, it's hot, I need water, I'm so thirsty, I need water, I'm gonna die. And it was almost as if the sower could hear the rocks in the ground mock the plant and say, water? You need water? You're gonna get no water from me? I have no water to give you. Soon you're gonna dry up and you're gonna become like me. Hard, I have no water, so die, little plant, die. And then the sower saw some of his seed fell onto thorny ground. And when he saw that, the ground was infested with weeds and the plant grew and it had a root. But the plant itself was being invaded by weeds, not just any kind of weeds, these were the climbing weeds, the ones that wrapped themselves around plants. And you could barely see the plant after a while, because the climbing weeds had wrapped themselves around the plant. The plant wanted to grow, wanted to grow large and be fruitful, but it was those weeds that were all around it, wrapped around it, they were choking the plant. It was barely alive, certainly didn't produce any fruit. And when the sower could see what happened there to his seed in this climbing thorny weeds that were all around it, it was almost as if the sower could hear the, the seed crying out from the weeds, to, crying out to the weeds, hey, don't touch me. Don't touch me, stay away from me. It was almost as if he could hear the plant say, hey, what are you doing? Don't wrap yourself around me. I can't breathe, you're choking me. I can't grow, I can't thrive. You're suffocating the life out of me. 
And that was very sad for the sower to see that, what happened to the, the seed that fell into the thorny ground. But then the sower saw something wonderful. He saw that some of his seed, some of it, it landed on good, tilled, fertile ground. And that ground to the sower just seemed to be just crying out. The ground seemed to be crying out to the seed. The seed, I'll give you the opportunity that you need. Fall into my soft ground. Be comfortably lodged between the, the little mounds of good soil here. Receive the water. Receive the nutrients. And so the seed sent out its roots, and it found the roots could go deep, and, and there were no obstacles, no rocks. There were no rocks or stones that blocked the roots, and, and the plant grew from the roots, totally free to thrive. No weeds wrapping themselves around it. And when the sower saw that, it was almost as if he could, the sower could hear the ground inviting the weeds. They come here, little seed. Come here. Come here, little vulnerable seed. Hide yourself in my soil. I'll protect you from the birds. They won't eat you. Come here, little seed. Come here, little seed. You need water. I'll give you water. I've kept water absorbed in my soft soil. It's here for you. Drink. Drink. And come here. Come here. Feast yourself on the nutrients that I have for you. Come here. Grow into a fruitful plant. I know you can't grow and produce fruit without me, and I know that I can't produce fruit without you, so let's make a partnership, and we will produce fruit. And the seed found its home in the soil, and the soil found its purpose as the seed produced the fruit. And that partnership made the, the sower feel so good. Well, in that parable of the sower and the seed, is found King Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, can you guess which soil he's in? What would you say? Thorny. You'd say thorny? Maybe there's a debate about it. <laughs> I say rocky ground. Rocky ground because it was the backlash that happened to Nebuchadnezzar that made him the second, I think, made him the second ground person. He is found, I think, in verse five, some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, and they had no depthness of earth, and when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. They withered away. In verse 20, where the Lord described it, Matthew 13, 20, but he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it, yet hath he not rooted himself, but dureth for a while, and when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he's offended. The rocky ground soil can explain King Nebuchadnezzar because in verse 47, chapter 2, Daniel 2, 47, the king answers Daniel and makes this great proclamation of a truth. It is that your God is a God of gods and a king of kings. But then in the start of chapter 3, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold. Now, when the Lord said in this parable about the seed and the stony ground, he that received the word and anon with joy, he that heard the word and anon with joy receiveth it, King Nebuchadnezzar heard the word. When he gave this answer, when Daniel gave the answer to the king in Daniel 2.27, Daniel 2.27, which says Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king hath demanded cannot 
the wise men, the astrologers, magicians, soothsayers show unto the king, but there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets. Nebuchadnezzar is the same that heareth the word. And that word was what Daniel said, that the secret cannot the wise men uh, reveal. And King Nebuchadnezzar was the same that heard that word, and when he heard that, he believed Daniel that this world of idols that he was living in had no value to him, no value to him. The king heard Daniel when he said the word cannot. It's just like the Bible teaches about the word cannot in John 4.13, John 4.13, where Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. The king heard the word of Daniel, cannot, and he knew, like that woman knew, this world cannot satisfy the thirst in his soul, that only God can satisfy that. The king Nebuchadnezzar knew the truth that the Lord spoke, that God spoke in Isaiah 55.2, Isaiah 55.2, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not. Because the king heard the word cannot from Daniel, the king knew that he couldn't get that full feeling from his world, he couldn't get that fulfilling feeling that satisfies the hunger of the soul. Only God can do that. The king knew the truth of Psalm 49.7, Psalm 49.7, none of them, can by any means redeem his brother, nor give God a ransom for him. This word cannot was so important to the king that he knew that his world of idols could not redeem his soul, could not pay for his sins, could not remove his sins and give him a real ransom for his soul. When the Lord Jesus essentially said the word cannot when he gave this word in Mark 8.36, Mark 8.36, where the Lord Jesus says, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? That word cannot that Daniel spoke could speak of this world cannot keep the soul from being lost. Only God can do that. King Nebuchadnezzar knew the truth of Isaiah 57.20, Isaiah 57.20, where it says, the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose wires cast up, waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. He heard this word. King Nebuchadnezzar heard this word, cannot, and he knew that he could not get rest for his soul in his world of idols. He knew the truth of Job 9, 30, Job 9, verse 30, where Job says, if I wash myself with snow water and make my hands never so clean, yet... Shalt thou plunge me in the ditch? Job 14.4, Job 14.4. Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. The king heard the word cannot from Daniel, and he knew he had no ability to clean his heart from the defilements of his sins. Only God could do that. And the king knew the truth of Isaiah 64.6. Isaiah 64.6. We are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We all do fade as a leaf. Our iniquities have taken us away like the wind. He knew this word cannot, that he had no righteousness in himself. And because of that, he was going to be blown away like trash in the street. He knew this, but he also 
heard the word of Daniel when Daniel said there is a God in heaven in verse 28, verse 28, there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets. And this was the same King Nebuchadnezzar, the same that heareth the word when Daniel told him the God of heaven will reveal important secrets. Important secrets. There's a God in heaven that reveals secrets like the secret of Leviticus 11.45. Leviticus 11.45, very simple statement where God said, I am holy. That's a secret that God reveals, I am holy. He knew that, that there was a God in heaven that revealed he was holy. And the king also knew because he heard Daniel when he said that God reveals secret, like the secret of 1 Kings 8.46. 1 Kings 8.46, there is no man that sinneth not. Very similar to Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There was a secret that he heard as Daniel taught him. The same secret is revealed in 1 John 4.8. 1 John 4.8, God is love. He heard this. God is love. There is a God in heaven that reveals secrets. The secret like in the invitation secret. The secret that God is inviting of the invitation of Matthew 11.28. Matthew 11.28, where God invites, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He knew that. He knew that God was an inviting God. That secret was inviting him. And then the secret, the great secret, in Isaiah 45.22, Isaiah 45.22, where God says, look unto me and be ye saved, all ye ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. So Nebuchadnezzar heard the word of Daniel when he said there's a God in heaven that reveals secrets, and he knew the secret that God was a savior, was a savior of all mankind. And then he knew also a secret that's revealed, for example, in Ezekiel 36.25, Ezekiel 36.25, where God says, then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness, from, from your idols will I cleanse you. So the king Nebuchadnezzar heard Daniel when he said he revealed secrets and he knew that God could cleanse him, could cleanse his heart. And so therefore, the king Nebuchadnezzar was the Matthew 13.20, he that heareth the word, and a nun with joy receiveth it. He was happy. He was happy, but it was a spur of the moment. Spur of the moment. He hadn't given deep thought to his newfound faith. He made this wonderful profession. God, he said, is a God of gods, and God is a Lord of kings. But the problem was, for him, Matthew 13, 21. Matthew 13, 21. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. He lasted for a while. But when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. In the case of the king, it wasn't tribulation, but it was persecution. What persecution? Just imagine the respect that he lost from his own people as they turned to him and they said, you, King Nebuchadnezzar, now a Jew? You're now a Jew? Don't tell me that you're taking the God of the captives. Your army just destroyed the temple of this God in Jerusalem. Have you now become a follower of the God whose temple you destroyed? And because of this persecution, it was just like Matthew 13, 21, 
Matthew 13, 21. By and by, he is offended. He is offended to a point where the king says, no, I will not stoop to this level. I'm a Babylonian, the king of the Babylonians. I will not become a Jew. And so he builds this huge idol to make it very clear as a statement to the world that the king is making. King Nebuchadnezzar has not become a Jew because he'd learned from his dream that was interpreted to him that he was the head of gold. But he also learned from his dream that the other parts of the body were not gold. They were less valuable metals. And those represented the kingdoms that were going to replace him. So in a statement of protest, that he would say, no, there will be no other kingdoms after me. He made this image all of gold to represent him. Daniel had undoubtedly told the king that the true God had commanded in Leviticus 26.1, Leviticus 26.1, you shall make no idols nor graven image, neither rear up a standing image, neither shall you set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it, for I am the Lord your God. So what does he do? He makes an image. He stands the image up in this big plain, which could receive a lot of people. And as he's doing that, King Nebuchadnezzar is defying God. He's setting up this competitor to God, this big image. He made a good profession. He had a very good start. But there was just one problem. There was no true repentance. There was no repentance. He did the one, two, three, repeat after me, but no repentance. He hadn't turned away from his idols of the past. And this is how the Thessalonians were characterized when it says in 1 Thessalonians 1.9, 1 Thessalonians 1.9, you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. So Nebuchadnezzar was at this turning point at the end of chapter two when he realized that the true God had revealed to him and the turning point is the same for everyone at a crossroads. At a crossroads, after they've made a profession of the Lord, after they have they've prayed the sinner's prayer, after they have stood up in a church, raised their hand, after they've said, yes, I'm a Christian now, and now there's the crossroads. And the crossroads, one of the roads, it has a sign on it that says humility. And the other road has a sign on it that says pride. And unfortunately, Nebuchadnezzar chose the wrong road of pride and he expressed this pride by building this massive new idol. And it was all made of gold because, because of chapter 2, verse 38, chapter 2, 38, thou art this head of gold. And so King Nebuchadnezzar took the position, only a head of gold for my kingdom and breasts and arms of silver for another kingdom? and belly and thighs of brass for another kingdom, and legs and feet of iron for another kingdom? No, there is going to be no other kingdom than my kingdom. I am the kingdom of gold, and I will accept no other kingdoms of other metals to replace me. There will be no other kingdoms other than the kingdom of gold, that's me. I will be the only kingdom, only a head of gold for my kingdom? No, the whole body will be gold to represent my kingdom. I will not accept another kingdom to replace me. My image will be all of gold. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.